This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is five minutes past seven. Uh, this is Pepper of Salt and Pepper. Uh, salt's up in Sydney, um, swanning in the sun. Beautiful alliteration. So Off I'm, your luck. I'm, yeah, I know. Hello, Salt, if you're listening. Um, that is, of course, the lovely Serena Ryan. Um, so I'm joined in the studio by uh, a fellow who works at Channel 9. I don't know whether he's in the cafeteria um, or whether he's sweeping up the floors. I don't know what he does, but he works for Channel 9. His name is Leith Marshall. You may have heard him on Saturday Magazine already. Leith, Welcome to Salt and Pepper. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming in and um, and playing with us tonight. Yeah, I'm, I heard all about it and I couldn't tear myself away from the opportunity. So thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure, and I'm very concerned. If I do appear distracted during the program, it's because there is something called click frenzy, mm-hmm. which is happening. And I believe every second person in Australia is um, online buying stuff that they probably don't need for people that they don't like, um, or it's stuff that they probably just don't even want. Yeah, I think you might be right there. It's probably going to be. Uh, 90% off on discontinued electronics that may or may not give an electric shock to the user and 10% off things. We which which is fine if you're giving them for gifts, but if you're keeping them yourself, you know, you don't want to, um, you know, you don't want to get yourself... A few home hurt. appliances, personal Yeah, exactly. Devices. And, you know, it's, it's, it's probably just an, an orgy of... Um, an orgy of capitalism that's happening out there that, well, if I'm, if I, like I said, if I get a bit distracted, don't mind. Don't mind at all. Um, now, we have a, a rather a... A busy program. What what's what's happening at at nine? Is there anything exciting that you can talk about? Oh, I think it's just the usual. Getting ready to finish the ratings year. Only a couple of weeks to go before that wraps up, and uh, we slug you with a bunch of repeats of Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory. Well, jokes, that, jokes. <laughs> that's quite alright because I like the Big Bang Theory. I think the unfortunate thing is I've watched uh, every episode of uh, that is available, so it doesn't harm to um, to revisit. I'm not even kidding. The first two episodes I ever watched were the same episode. I watched one enjoyed it went away a month or two later watched another episode same episode mm. I don't Should, know if uh, shouldn't you be on brand a little better than that ah <laughs> oh, look you know it just, it, I'm, I'm just being honest just being honest so a lot of repeats over the summer look there are a lot of folk who actually that's also where they try all new programs isn't mm-hmm. it which could be exciting I think there's uh, I've heard a lot of good things about some of the shows that are starting uh, over in the US at the moment that we'll good. soon be getting so hopefully we a get lot some that have come gold. in from the United States Yes, and there are some good ones out of the United States. Well, this is how some of the the shows that, like the Big Bang Theory, from memory, mm-hmm. was a program that was sort of on late at night, and then all of a sudden, um, it took off, and and we've been enjoying it ever since. Well, it's like Modern Family. I love that show, oh, but it's, uh, it's probably incredible. not as much as the Ten programmers because they seem to be repeating that as much as we do Big Bang. Yes. But uh, yeah, that's another one that I. Because it's popular, people like it. It's it's hilarious. I love Gloria. She's my favourite. I just want to talk in an accent. See, that was terrible. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) You sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger. It is eight minutes past seven here on Salt and Pepper. We'd love to hear from you. 0427 Joy 949 is a number for a text message. You can email on air at joy.org.au, phone 1300 Joy 949, or you can send us a tweet to Salt in Pepper Joy. Um, A big show. Uh, Obviously, today is uh, the international... uh, Day of Transgender Remembrance, or I may have got the words wrong, but that's the the, the point of today. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually going to be spending a bit of time on some transgender discussion in a little bit. 
um, and also some legislation announced today by the Attorney General Nicola Roxon around um, finally sort of putting together all of this anti-discrimination law into one basket. It's a piece of draft legislation at this stage, about 202 pages. Didn't get a chance to read it all. Oh, come on. Yeah, right. I know. A, a, a bit, a bit disappointing. A I'm off the coffee. You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can SMS us on 0427JOY949, which is 0427 0427- Five six nine nine four nine, or phone us on one three hundred joy nine four nine. Email on air at joy.org.au or visit our website joy.org.au. Or you can send us a tweet to oh, Salt yeah, of Pepper Joy. Um, that is the voice of Leith. My name is Pete Dillon. Uh, earlier uh, this evening, about an hour ago, I had an opportunity to speak to the Federal Attorney General, Nicola Roxon, around um, Human Rights and Anti-Discrimination Bill 2012, which has been announced today, not yet passed into law, of course, but uh, uh, this is that chat. Nicola Roxon is the Federal Attorney General and joins me now to discuss this le- legislation. Nicola, I understand you're in the car, so thank you. Good evening. Hello. Thanks for joining us. Now, this is a fairly big announcement for our community, the Human Rights and Anti-Discrimination Bill. What essentially has, has happened? Well, there's a couple of really important things. Uh, the most important, as you say, for the community you're broadcasting to is that for the first time it's proposed to have uh, protection from discrimination on the grounds of sexuality and gender identity in our Commonwealth laws. And that was a commitment we made at the last election and we are now obviously uh, complying with that commitment and want to make sure that this is a ground of discrimination that's stamped out across the country. But we have also consolidated the five different pieces of Commonwealth legislation, um, age, sex, race, disability discrimination legislation and the Act itself setting up the Human Rights Commission, put them all into one piece of legislation, one definition of discrimination, one definition of uh, justification and really by that process are hoping to make it much simpler for people to understand how uh, it is that they should be treated properly uh, and to adhere to those laws and easier to make a complaint and indeed defend that complaint if it's an unmeritorious one. So a very complex, big piece of work. Mm. But I think the kernel that might be of most interest to your listeners is the sexuality discrimination being a new ground protected under Commonwealth laws. Which which hasn't been done before. Um, I was going to try and read all 202 pages of this draft legislation and quite frankly haven't had time. But the key principles, firstly... Um, the list uh, lift the differing levels of protection to the highest current standards. So we're, we're essentially punching uh, some some cover over a whole bunch of gaps here and a whole bunch of inconsistencies without, in fact, challenging the protections that already exist. Well, that's right. I mean, the first of these pieces of legislation, the Race Discrimination Act, was uh, passed in 1975. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine how uh, the laws have developed, how modern standards have developed. So, for example, the most recent one, the Age Discrimination Act, has quite different definitions. And we want to make sure that there's a very simple definition of discrimination, which is unfavourable treatment on the basis of any of the grounds. And then, of course, an opportunity if a a service provider or an employer has an allegation made, they can explain why or how that was justified. Mm -hmm. There might be circumstances. Uh, Obviously, it's justified that a a blind person not be given a driver's licence. But it's very simple then for the community to understand how uh, their behaviour can be 
consistent with the law and, of course, clearer if someone then needs to make a complaint that they think they've been treated unfairly. Sure. Another one of the protections that exist is, is a streamlined complaints process so that people can actually make uh, a legitimate complaint and that process is, is far more efficient in, in making a complaint. Is that correct? Absolutely, and not not only uh, slightly easier to make the complaint, but also an important change that if you think that you've been discriminated against on the basis of a combination of grounds, you might think as a gay woman that you've been treated in a bad way. As an uh, elderly gay man, it might be as a mix of attributes. Instead of having to make those separate complaints, it'll be possible to make them together. So you streamline the process mm-hmm. that way. But then there's a whole vast array of procedural issues that are changing to make the complaints more easily, easy to deal with and easier for the Commission to act quickly on them. Sure, and there's a shifting in the burden of proof then as well. Is that is that right? Do I read yeah. that correctly? Look, currently the way uh, discrimination matters are proved is it's up to the person who alleges discrimination to prove all of it, to show um, that they have the particular attributes, that they've been treated in a particular way, and that was because of the, the attributes, so sexuality or gender or a, another issue. Mm. What we're saying is once you, uh, or what we're proposing, is once you show the prima facie case, you make clear that you've been treated in a particular way and you show how that's been unfavourable, it then moves to the employer or the service provider to explain why, if they believe they haven't acted for a discriminatory reason, why they think it's justified. Mm-hmm. So it just means that the party who has the most information is the one that's asked to prove any component of the case. So it's not; it doesn't move it totally to, to the other party. It's a, a halfway combination, which we think means the person who's got the most information can make that point most clearly to the Commission. Sure. Now, there is a small craw in my side, and uh, uh, this is around religious exemptions. Why, under a federal anti-discrimination act, are religions still going to be able to be discriminatory? Well, there's currently a whole range of uh, exemptions that are in place. So, for example, for um, our school system, mm-hmm. and a lot of them have historical sort of background, and I think there are people in the community who would like to see those changed over time. What we've said is the real focus of this project was to consolidate five different pieces of legislation, lift everything to the to the highest and most modern standard, introduce a new ground of sexuality. And I think there'll be debate in the future about exemptions. Uh, we, we didn't pick up, for example, proposals to add even further grounds uh, for discrimination like homelessness or domestic violence. Mm-hmm. There will be debates in the future, no doubt, about whether they should be added, but not as part of this consolidation project. And similarly, I think we'll see in the community uh, arguments around those issues relating to exemptions as well. Sure. And a, a final question, because I know that you have a very brief window of time to talk to us. Um, was it intentional to release this on uh, an International Day of Remembrance for trans- transgendered people, or is, is that purely coincidental? 
Look, I know it would be nice to say it was intentional, but it, it, it wasn't. Um, we've been working on this for a long period of time. Mm. We finally had everything ready to uh, to be able to act on. Uh, I think it's a nice coincidence because it is clearly um, a very important change as part of this work that uh, people will be protected from poor treatment because of their sexuality. Uh, so as I say, I think that's a happy coincidence, but I couldn't in all honesty say that that was uh, our plan. <laughs> um, Nicola Roxon, thank you very much. That's the Federal Attorney General, Nicola Roxon. Really grateful for your time. And uh, no doubt as, as this legislation unfolds and people become more aware of, of all 202 pages, which I do promise to read before I speak to you next, um, that, that you know it's, it's a very a good day for our community. So thank you for your time. It's a pleasure. Federal Attorney General Nicola Roxon there on the the uh, announcement today around the anti-discrimination legislation. Leith, what did you think? It was interesting. Yeah, interesting to hear her take as to, uh, you know, why it's been changed and mm. and her feelings, especially about the religious exemption. Yes, and I assume, I'm, I'm probably assuming our next guest is going to pick up on that. She is the convener or co-convener of the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby, Anna Brown. Good evening. Good evening. Hi. Good, thank you. Um, what did you think of, of that... Uh, discussion with Nicola Roxon and, and have they covered enough in this new legislation? Look, I think it will always be, um, there'll always be improvements that could be made, but I think overall this is a really welcome initiative. As you said earlier, that it's a great day for our community. For the first time, we actually have national laws that recognise that discrimination against our community should be unlawful and that sends a really important message to the community, but also makes a real practical difference to gay, lesbian bisexual, transgender and intersex people in combating the discrimination and prejudice that we face. So it probably it doesn't go far enough, but it's certainly a very welcome and significant reform for our community. Anna, is there anything in particular you can think of that you it was on your wish list that you wish had been put on there today? Well, it would be nice and will be. Obviously, there'll be a lot of public discussion and debate about this over the coming weeks. But um, the issue of intersex people is one that obviously is close to the hearts of intersex people, but also um, their allies in the broader LGBTIQ community. Um, Intersex people, whilst they're covered under the new gender identity attribute and not actually recognised to the extent that they would like to be in this draft law, the Tasmanian bill that recently um, was introduced um, had a much better formulation. it introduced um, a new attribute of sex characteristics. So um, it would be very welcome if we could talk to government about the possibility of um, adding or expanding the gender identity attribute to make sure that intersex people are recognised and protected in the way that they would like to be. Anna, I don't wish to defend the Attorney General, but uh, in that discussion I had with her, she said, you know, they couldn't sort of do everything at once. They had to, first of all, bring all the the various bits of legislation up to the one level. So um, it sort of takes a lot of the bureaucracy and nonsense out of what sort of was ex- existed as piecemeal. Um, and they're now very much happier to, um, to then be able to down the track look at both um, intersex and also the removal of those religious exemptions. Yeah, I think her um, willingness to accept that um, they hadn't gone as far as many in the community would like was really um, was good to hear, and her openness to future reform was really positive. 
uh, the religious exemptions are something that are always hotly contested. And I think the fact that we have a carve-out for aged care for the first time in any jurisdiction, that is, aged care service providers won't be able to take advantage of the religious exemptions, yep. um, is, a, is a really significant and positive step. And hopefully we, um, we can discuss with government ways that, you know, this principle, I guess the principle that vulnerable people in the community shouldn't be um, on the receiving end of discrimination, particularly when taxpayer-funded services are involved. So mm. you could, I guess you could extend that as the aged care scenario to other scenarios like homelessness services, social services, children in school, other people in particularly vulnerable situations um, that often don't have a choice about their service provider and, you know, the, the fact that faith-based organisations do deliver a large portion of services to the community, to their Indeed. credit, and, and a lot of them don't discriminate in their day-to-day service provision. The Salvation Army, for instance, after its, um, its media attention earlier this year, um, yes, made it which, very clear that... <laughs> which this very program was responsible for, yes. Um, <laughs> they, they made it very clear that they don't discriminate in the provision of their services. So yes. um, that sort of attitude is very welcome, of course, but it'd be much better if we could have that enshrined in law. Indeed. Um, now, this will now become the subject of an inquiry that's conducted by Senate's uh, Legal and Constitutional Affairs Committee, um, allowing community feedback prior to the legislation being introduced into the Australian Parliament. Is there an opportunity, do you think, that, that the gay and lesbian rights lobbies just not in Victoria but nationally could actually go into bat for um, for the intersex community to have that inclusion? Oh, most definitely. Um, there's already been a lot of um, coordination and preparation um, through the sector, for want of a better word. Um, we've um, had a round table up in Sydney that was organised by the New South Wales Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby and a whole range of organisations, including transgender and um, intersex organisations, are involved in conversations about Let's get let's get organised. Let's consult with the community about their views on these issues and develop strategies about lobbying and the public debate that's sure to come. So, I think we're cautiously um, optimistic. Cautiously optimistic about our level of preparation and organisation. We've got, um, you know, we'll be going obviously talking to politicians, talking to the people on this committee, talking to the opposition, and obviously the crossbench and the Greens and all the players that will um, need to get on board to make sure that we get the best outcome for our community. Anna Brown is the convener of the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby. Anna, are you still looking for a male co-convener? We are, but I'm very happy that um, we just had our AGM and we've got a whole bunch of new, um, very enthusiastic committee members or board members, and including some male ones. So Excellent. I believe... Luke Garner's just enjoyed you as uh, joined you as well. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. We've got some great new talent, so I'm excellent. Sure it will only be a matter of time. And uh, something on, on the 15th anniversary on Saturday night at the Bella Union Bar in Carlton. People, yeah. We're t- oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's what I was just going to say. We've we've got to wrap this, but people can go to your website vglrl.org.au and find out more about that 15th anniversary. Anna, thank you for joining us. 
Thank you. And good to have your feedback on that discussion. That's Anna Brown. She is the convener of the Victorian Gay and Lesbian Rights Lobby. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. And Leith's tagged along for the ride this evening. <laughs> You're listening to Salt and Pepper. If you want to get included in the, uh, be a part of the conversation, you can contact us via SMS 0427 Joy 949. Uh, call us 1300 Joy 949. Email us on air at joy.org.au and understand the Twitter address is salt and pepper salt and pepper joy there you go um, I was just busy uh, looking for click frenzy apparently the site's down <laughs> so there's uh, you know tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of, of bored people who are home trying to buy useless crap online and they can't because the site's gone down they should just tune into us to pass the time they should while they're waiting for the site to come up uh, rest of the show we're going to dedicate now to um to International Day, the Transgender Remembrance Day, I th- I keep getting the words I think in the wrong order, but we would like to honour those um those people, those transgender people who who we've lost um in the past, who have who we've lost to 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 suicide and and to those other um, various reasons that uh, that people do take their own life. Um, and also to to illness and and all of that. So we're going to to spend the next half an hour talking um around uh, transgender but this is a, a grab from a, a movie that's about to be released called um, Becoming Chaz this is the story of, of uh, who was Chastity Bono now Chaz Bono the daughter now son of um, Cher and Sonny Bono so have a listen to this and it'll probably preface our discussion quite nicely and here's our own very special guest our little girl Chastity it's hard because when she was young, she was just like the cutest girl and I made clothes for her and, you know, she was just my little girl. I've hated my body since puberty. In high school, often at night, I would go to bed praying that I'd wake up the next day as a boy. But sex change never occurred to me at that point. It's kind of a weird time for me because everything is changing. There's so much that I just didn't realize until I went on hormones and started to feel comfortable. Luke, you're flat. You're flat. Love you. I love you too, babe. Having a male chest was like the missing piece of the puzzle got put on. I can't believe it. As a man trapped inside a female shell, I was very cut off from the whole world. And now, for the first time, I'm living in my body and it looks the way I want it to. It's making me feel more confident. It's just my life. I wasn't that happy about that, I have to tell you. I said, you know, can't you just do it quietly? Okay, here we go. I'm doing this because I want to try to help people. You know, I want to put a face on an issue that people don't understand. That's why I did this publicly. There's public, private, and there's just public. I would think your mom would accept it real well. Yeah, it's hard for moms. I'm afraid she's not going to be healthy. I'm, I'm afraid it's too much for her. And I worry about the drugs that she has to take in order to keep this. I don't know that much about it, but I want to make sure that whatever it is is not going to hurt her. There's a lot of stuff that she really doesn't know because I haven't told her. And a lot of it's been, you know, my fear of rejection. This is a hard thing for people to grasp. I mean, you really have to open your mind because so few people struggle with any kind of gender identity. I mean, people really take for granted that they feel right in their body. 
That's an audio grab from the movie Becoming Chaz, which is the story of of, of the transition of, of Chastity to Chaz Bono. Um, and, of course, happening today on the Transgender Day of Remembrance, it's been... Uh, it was started in 1998 by Gwendolyn Ann Smith, who is a, a transgender dra- graphic designer, columnist and activist, uh, to memorialise the murder of Rita Hester in Massachusetts. And it's it's now happening, there's events happening all around the world. And we are going, first of all, to our very own transgender correspondent. She is from New South Wales. Kate Doak talks to us fairly regularly. Kate, good afternoon. Good evening. Good evening, Pete. And uh, an important day for, for all of our community, but uh, more especially for yours. Well, I think that any day like this where we've had um, a new anti-discrimination bills come forward, we've also had um, uh, people celebrating who they are, I think that any day like this is worthy of like praise and celebration. And Kate, what, what does it mean that, that, that your community is recognised? And I say your community, I don't want to be discriminatory here at all, but uh, it, it is a Transgender Day of Remembrance and not a GLBT Day of Remembrance. What, what's it mean to, to be able to um, remember those who have, have died because of transphobia, whether it's uh, uh, whether they have taken their own lives or, in fact, have had their lives taken unnecessarily? Well, I think that days like this, um, they show us where we've come from in terms of like the amount of violence that we've encountered, the uh, various types of discrimination that we've encountered, whether they be financial, legal, um, religious, or any any type of discrimination. And it shows where we can go from here as well, because there's a lot of trans people who are really starting to get um, high up in their uh, various careers, for example, um, like people who are in the military, like uh, Catherine McGregor, who's recently come out. She's a uh, lieutenant colonel in the Australian Army, and she's also writing a book. There's other people like Janet Mock over there in the United States, for example, who are showing that just because you're trans or you're gay or you're lesbian or whatever, like um, you can get in and succeed in life and do whatever you want to do and be whoever you want to be. I suppose today is also an important time to bring up uh, the campaign to have transsexualism removed from the World Health Organization's mental disorder list. Have you... Sorry, go on. I I think that that's a a pretty major thing as well because what a lot of people don't realise is that when the... um, uh, When home... Homosexuality was um, removed from the uh, Diagnostic Statistics Manual and all of that back in, I think it was the early 1980s. Um, Gender identity was never touched at that particular point in time. If anything, since then, it's actually become more draconian in terms of um, uh, how trans people are addressed by various different parts of medical fraternity and that has been changing over the past five years with the uh, review of the um, latest um, DSM which is DSM-5 and I've got high hopes for that particular um, side of the medical and psychology community as well. We're going to be speaking with uh, Michelle Diamond, who is from the Gold Coast, who um, is petitioning for the removal of um, transsexualism and transgenderism from uh, the World Health Organization. We'll talk to her shortly. Um, 
Kate, more good news from from just a couple of days ago out of The Guardian that um, a woman in Cuba has become the first transgender person to hold public office in that country, um, winning election as a delegate to their municipal, municipal government in um, Kiberian in, the, in, in Cuba, which is not necessarily one of the world's most tolerant countries. So that's got to be um, sort of supporting what you were saying before about uh, people getting to high levels of, of their career. Yeah, definitely. And um, it actually goes a little bit further than that as well, because during a recent U.S. election, a trans woman was elected to one of the state um, parliaments in the U.S. If memory serves me correctly, it was either Maine or Pennsylvania. So there's definitely a lot of trans people who are, who are really starting to... Um, uh, to, to like take a, a really big step forward in terms of... like. Uh, public representation and also um, showing that just because a person is trans that that's only just one small part of who they are as a person so um, yeah you can have like democratic trans people you can have republican trans people you can have trans people who follow any form of ideology and people are only just starting to realize that in the same way that people have only just realized that you can have um uh, both right-wing gay people and also left-wing gay people. You so, can indeed. You can even have left-wing, can even have left-wing straight people. Kate, God forbid. Um, yeah. Look, it's it, it's good to talk to you, and and I, I sort of wanted to get a sense of um, how much discrimination you encounter from within our own community. Well, I think it depends in many ways, and like the the locality that you're in, because I've run into a lot of people who are really supportive um, uh, in metropolitan areas and I've also run into a lot of like um, people who are supportive in rural areas as well however it's it's tended to be um, I've found even within the gay community that like um, there's a lot more people who are accepting of whoever you are when you're living in a city than what you are in certain in certain parts of rural Australia. But then again, at the same time, um, I know of a number of people who have transitioned even up in far north Queensland, for example, um, who have uh, had tremendous levels of support from both the gay and also straight communities in, in their rural areas. So, like... Um, I, I think it's what you make of it. If you're surrounded by positive-minded people, you're going to get acceptance no matter what. If you're surrounded by people who are consistently negative, well, you're not going to get support. Correct. Look, Kate, on uh, on this International Day that uh, we do remember um, our, our friends who have passed, we uh, we also celebrate that, that we are taking great steps forward um, and probably not necessarily as big as we would like, but great steps forward in, in recognising all members of our community. And uh, we wanted to talk to you and, and let you know that we are um, standing beside you this day, that, that is an international day where we do remember. So thank you for talking to us. Yeah, and just before I go, um, there is one other thing I, I just want to quickly plug. Remy Mandau from Community Brave has put up a really fantastic lot of uh, videos over the past couple of days in regards to um, any bullying and all of that, whether you're trans, um, gay, lesbian, straight, bi, whatever. Um, I really, really 
hope that everyone goes and have, has a look at those particular um, videos. And same thing with um, uh, a comic strip over there in the US that's just had a transgender character come out as well. Questionablecontent.net, definitely worthwhile checking out. Uh, Kate, thank you. And always good to talk to you. We'll tweet that. So it's questionablecontent.net. Um, that's Kate Dirk. She's our, our, our semi-regular uh, trans correspondent from uh, regional New South Wales. Kate, thanks for talking to us. Always a pleasure. Joy 94.9 is a GLBTIQ community radio station in Melbourne, Australia. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Welcome back. You're listening to Salt and Pepper on Joy 94.9. Our next guest is Michelle Diamond, who's a trans activist who fights for the rights of the transgender community and for the health and well-being of all people within the LGBTQI community and uh, to create awareness around Australia and also worldwide. Uh, She's based on the Gold Coast and she joins us now. Hi there, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Thank you, Joy, for having me on tonight. Oh, a pleasure, Michelle. Look, we wanted to talk to you because obviously it is the um, Transgender Day of Remembrance, which is being remembered uh, all across the world and probably a very timely um, point to have a discussion about uh, the removal of a classification on the International Classification of Diseases with the World Health Organization. You're agitating for this change. Talk us through what, what, what you're wanting to see changed. Well, basically, um, as Jenna, um, actually Jenna, uh, take a over from Miss, uh, Miss Universe, the first trans in the um, Miss Universe pageant. I think everyone knows about her and the drama that happened with her um, being trying to you know, get ousted out of the, the pageant but then re-signed uh, put in there again. She was actually the first one to um, launch this over in Canada. Then, um, and I saw that, you know, I was signing the petition as well and uh, petitioning it as well. Basically, this means for us um, a lot of changes can that this change transgender history if this classification has changed. I mean, no, none of us feel that this is a mental illness whatsoever. And and rightly so. It's it, as uh, we we're just speaking to another of our, our transgender correspondents that we talk to semi regularly on this program. Um, and you know, in 1990, um, homosexuality was removed from the World Health Organization's list of mental illness. And uh, it's 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 well beyond time that um, tran- is it transgenderism or transsexualism? What's what's the term we're after? Um, well, basically, it is transsexualism, but we also include you know the intersex. Um, section as well. Yep. And then, because um, basically they all they're classing us as both, um, you know, as mentally ill. Yep. So yeah, transsexualism. As I, I sort of don't like that term either. I'm really. not fond just, of it. You know, <laughs> most of us just like to be called a woman and you know be on with it. That's it. Know, and um, but yeah, that's basically um, what we sort of class as at the moment. And so how uh, a medical term. Sorry, Michelle. Uh, so, how's the campaign faring so far with the petition? Well, this, this has been absolutely snowballed. I mean, this is my fourth radio interview I've done on the subject, our uh, third interview I've done on the subject. Um, it's just come out on the Gay News Network. Um, an article just yesterday um, came out about the whole campaign, and I tell about I share my sto- my personal story with the world and how I've struggled, but I've managed to get out there and be able to be myself no matter what they call me, no matter what the classification is and that there is light at the end of the tunnel for everyone else. And there's a few more articles coming out. There's a new press release coming out very soon with more of my personal story and more of 
why they should be um, reclassified and rechanged. Um, so hopefully, and you know, coming up to we got Transgender Awareness Week happening right at this moment. Today is actually my birthday, so I'm actually born on Transgender Day of Remembrance. Oh, Michelle, many happy so, returns, and that's that, that's that's kismet. That is. Thank you, and I just saw it like the way I saw. I mean, I began being an activist four years ago, and I looked up all these transgender deaths and all this happening, and I tried to find a date to remember these people, and I actually came across it, and that's how I found out the date and everything, and that's it. I just snowballed from there from advocacy. You probably you probably would remember me. Um, I started the campaign to remove a transphobic ad by Libra earlier this year. Right, yes. And I started that campaign and that snowballed, and we had them buckle within about 48 hours. Fantastic. Uh, um, I've helped and I've keep fighting and I always fight and I think this is one of the biggest campaigns um, that we're all involved in. I think all of us as a, as a whole, as a community and everyone around the world, we're all involved in this. Mm. Um, it takes one to start a petition, but it takes everyone to sign it, share it, you know, put it on much in networks and, say, and, and tell us how you feel and it, tell the world how you feel because it's how they're going to know, you know, why this should not be classified as a mental illness. Exactly. Now, look, Paul Martin, who's a um, a, a, a mental health professional um, in Queensland, he's oh, Queensland's I principal did. psychologist, uh, he said that, that we're 20 years behind the levels of understanding um, of, of gays and lesbians, but he's also stated that um, there seems to have been a spike in the number of transgender people coming out, and he's, he suggested this is prompting some concerns around a mental health crisis and, and, and agencies not ready to deal with that. Would you agree? Um, yes, well, actually, I know I've met Paul, Paul Martin personally. Um, I managed to get to meet him at the trans first at the Trans Health Conference in Australia up in Cairns. And it is, I mean, it, it's a, basically the government um, send us off psychiatrists and psychologists as a band-aid cure, really, because there's not much knowledge out there of how to, you know, deal with it so they send us off to a psychiatrist or a psychologist and they think that's it that's going to fix the whole thing um, and it's putting pressure as Paul Martin said it is putting pressure on that system when they can basically bring this out as a medical it should be recognised as a medical condition I agree but not a mental illness and hopefully we can get some better healthcare benefits because our clinic here in the Gold Coast, Queensland, the transgender, uh, the gender reassignment program has been shut down because they had 180 new cases of transgender people coming out. Now, and it's putting pressure as, as the new government is closing down our centres and our clinics, it's putting pressure on the other clinics that are open, plus the other psychologists, psychiatrists around the place. And there's just lack of, you know, lack of funding, lack of government, not only on the state, but the federal level as well. Michelle, I'm oh, sorry. Michelle, do you think that the medical field nationally is uh, trained well enough to deal with this in a sensitive and responsible manner? Um, depending, I mean, at the moment, I've got to say no, not at all. Um, I've written to I've written to the prime minister so many times. Um, the Human Rights Commission are on our side. Um, I've spoken to them via email. They're quite happily on our side and quite happily push our agenda, our gender agenda, across the board all the time. But the <laughs> Prime Minister is just not listening. 
um, and just says, you know, there's other places like Beyond Blue and Headspace and all that, but this is not enough. Okay. We need a healthcare system for us. Michelle, look, it's, it's terrific to talk to you. We wanted to talk to you today, being the uh, Transgender Day of Remembrance, and we, we also stand by you and honour you and those people that uh, that have gone um, from our lives unnecessarily. Um, thank you for joining us. I understand it's, it's a day that you should be now probably going to have a glass of wine or something, given it's your birthday. Uh, so we do wish you many happy returns, and thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, so thank you very much, Joy, for having me, and um, hello to all listeners out there. It's a thank pleasure. you very much. That's Michelle Diamond, a trans activist from the Gold Coast and uh, celebrating her birthday today. I'll have a piece of cake for her later on. I'm sure you will. Happy I, I won't have the glass, so I'll have a herbal tea. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. Welcome back to Salt and Pepper. Almost at the end of the show, Pete. I'm a bit sad. It is. Over but before it almost begun. It's, yes, but it's, it's been a good show. Look, we need to... Uh, um, that song was uh, Shine by Cindy Lauper from her 2004 album Shine released only in Japan oddly enough that album really but I managed to get a hold of it so it was quite alright I'm a very big fan of hers Um, we need to thank Ben Ryland for the news because we didn't do that at the top of the show so thank you Ben Um, we need to thank our very talented um, technical man that does most of our hard work Matthew Nock who's sitting here at the desk furiously scribbling and pushing buttons and uh, trying to put out a small fire on the desk so um, thank you Matt for your hard work Lee thank you for coming in and, um, and playing with us this week in, in, in Serena's absence and uh, we might have to have you back I think oh thank you I had a great time hopefully I didn't uh, put anyone to sleep out there no, hope, you, hope you enjoyed it of course not and uh, of course Serena will be back next week Spirit Lounge is coming up very shortly they'll take you through all things spiritual um, I will be back with Serena next week another Tuesday evening full of news and current affairs um, until then uh Well, keep yourselves nice if you can. And uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.